Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrew for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Chris Rag and Nick Kerr of Aleph Insights. And this week we're discussing stocking up on toilet rolls. And due to the lockdown, unusually, we're recording this remotely. Chris, are you nicely stocked up on toilet rolls? Um, I, we have a, a sufficient um, uh, uh, supply of toilet rolls, you know, that will do us for the next week or two weeks, perhaps, depending on how sparingly they're they're used. Um, yeah. Okay. So, um, but the um, yeah, but I, I I don't necessarily feel the need. Uh, you know, I don't I don't. Um, uh, sort of dismisses irrational the um, the the plan to stock up on toilet rolls, but but it's more um, it's it's the kind of behaviour that's associated with uh, a genuine sort of crisis and people you know thinking about something going on for for a long period of time, and you know in many ways I I was reminded of the um, the Stephen King novel I, I I read a while ago called the the Stand uh, and how a lot of um, what's going on plays plays into that that story and that's about a weaponized uh, influenza virus that um effectively wipes out you know the 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 world population and about one in a hundred people or something uh, uh survive it and and so the first kind of kind of quarter of the book is all about the breakdown of of society and and, and what happens and um so yeah it uh, this uh, we're not we're not quite at the, at the stage of uh, um, uh, that, that they get to uh, yet, but um, it does seem people are responding in an archetypal apocalyptic way. Okay, so in, in that, how did people know that the apocalypse was, was coming or that this was the apocalypse already now? Uh, people, people started dropping dropping dead in their droves was the, was the, the key. Now, obviously, people are, are dying now, you know, um, in uh quite large numbers of of um uh, covid-19 so that's that's one signal but but really the breakdown of society is is self-inflicted in 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 the novel so i mean yes these people are, um are dying but what the, the way they deconstruct society is self-imposed and you can argue that what you know the the main damage we're inflicting on ourselves now is based on mm. actions vol- voluntary actions that we're we're taking um, and you know things like um, buying lots of toilet roll and, and pasta and so on are um, you know those those kinds of uh, uh, um, uh, sort of behaviour traits. So yeah, I guess I guess the question is, are we right to think it's the apocalypse or um, or not? Yeah, I mean, how do we know if it's the apocalypse? Um, Nick, is this the end of times? And if it is, how do we know? Yeah. It is. Oh God! It is. Oh Jesus! Oh yes, but um, but so the Earth is going to be destroyed, but not for another few billion years, right? Okay. Why does that make a difference? You've seen you've seen Annie Hall, right? I have. You know, when yeah, when yeah, Albie yeah. Singer won't do his homework because the universe is expanding, and someday it's all going to fall apart. And his mum says, "None of your business." What's the universe got to do with it? You're in Brooklyn. Brooklyn is not expanding. But. Actually, I, the reason I want to bring that in is because there is a, an issue here about very much about timescale, you know, mm. in that we do know that the world is going to end, right? There's no doubt about that. The universe is going to end. Um, at one end of the scale, you've got that, 
which we clearly don't worry about, right, very much. Mm. At the other end, you've got, you know, the gamma gamma ray burst or the, you know, the kind of the, the unseen dies. jet black, yeah, the sort of jet black uh, meteor which hits us, you know, and and, and just destroys everything on Earth. Uh, you know, sort of limited warning. Um, uh, and then, but then you've got a whole load of other things. Uh, I mean, you know, we've, we've known about the possibility of uh, pandemic flu, um, this isn't obviously the end of the world. It's not killing enough people to cause a really serious breakdown in society yet. But, you know, what if it mutates? Could do. Um, but but then you've got things like, well, climate change. That's it. We're looking at sort of some fairly, uh, you know, plausibly apocalyptic outcomes only a couple of generations away. And yet we're not really, you know, it's take, it's taking a lot of effort to get people to change the way they behave. So the first thing we need to ask is you know not not it's not if but when and what is the time frame that makes us you know why do we respond in a, in a sort of almost like panic to the to this to the coronavirus but not not to seasonal flu for example not to tuberculosis which has killed probably a billion people um it's been the most deadliest disease ever right and uh much much worse but that's that's probably one percent of anyone who's ever lived uh and yet you know we all just got on with it right so uh that's the first question is it a, is it a com you know uh how far away is the apocalypse seems to be a, a key driver of our behavior i mean this sorry chris this is partly to do with importance versus urgency but it's also partly to do with What's newsworthy? So, you know, if you're sort of living, I don't know, the outskirts of Birmingham and, you know, what's news there is not, um, I don't know, an earthquake in South Africa. What's news there is the, 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 the corner shop being robbed again for the third time this week. That's what's news. But in the great scheme, I think people would probably say that, you know, the earthquake killing thousands of people is probably more important. Or I is know, it? Brummies, I know they're famously insular, but I, I mean, I know some people from Birmingham. And they do sometimes pay attention to things that happen do outside they? Birmingham. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Hull, for I, example. I, I, yeah, I think I think it strikes a, a, a deeper kind of um, uh, existential question about our own mortality, because um you know and and our attachment to society and group experience because the the thing about coronavirus which is has clearly panicked people is that you can get it and you know 10 days later you can be dead and so that's a, a, a the the threat of that is very immediate something like um climate change mm. uh is much less tangible you can't see it you know it's not directly obviously causing your own mortality in any in any way um and it's the same thing when people you know we all know we're going to die one day right but we um but those those moments that 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 cause people to have epiphanies or so on and so on are when you know they they have a heart attack or something and they change their whole you know attitude towards life because their their the immediacy of their death was suddenly brought you know um brought into focus for them and i think it's the same thing with apocalyptic visions we 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 don't um you know we care about them when we think they're going to happen in on our watch basically we don't care about them when uh they're you know our our um progenies uh, um uh look out but if we all woke if we went to bed and we woke up and one in a hundred people had died <clears throat> end of story we'd all get on with it wouldn't we like uh, um, so, so why, like, so like he, in that terrible question. that terrible marvel film where the where the 
purple guy kills 50% of the universe's population. The turns purple to, guy. I think, I think his name's Thanos. Thanos, that's the guy, but, yeah. But no, but seriously, I mean, that, that would if that happened, if we accelerated it and just said, look, everyone who's going to die just dies. And then, and then the next day, you know, there, no one would be panicked by toilet rolls. So why did the fact that it's happening over a period of time make us panic by toilet rolls? What's the mechanism there? I don't know the answer to the question. No, I don't. You, I don't. But also, but is it a good I don't question? Understand. Does it make? Do you see where I'm going with that? Like it, it's it's a, it's weird when you put it like that. Like the fact well, that it happens um, uh, slowly. Why, why would that affect? behavior i mean if we're going well, to end up in the same place anyway but there's one thing i can't get by but which is why toilet rolls anyway um but anyway yeah. i mean well, <laughs> chris in, 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 a, in a way i was going to say maybe you know there, there's a there's a um a degree of of sort of um rationality about it which is that you know people in some sort of intuitive way sense that the um the logistical infrastructure of the country was going to be affected. So, you know, not only are you going to have uh, people dying, but you're going to have a large number of the workforce sick that a kind of lockdown like this is going to happen. And, you know, the people in factories making toilet roll aren't going to be turning up to work every, every day. Um, so, you know, m- m- maybe that sort of panicky intuition was actually um, uh you know serving some some purpose yeah i mean oh, i mean no, i think sorry, this is sorry sorry, sorry there's a couple of things i want to ask but first of all i i just can't get past this thing of toilet rolls which is first of all you know when it was the black death what did people panic by then it probably wasn't toilet rolls because what well, people use as toilet roll in the past and yeah. why is toilet roll suddenly the big thing that everyone must have otherwise that's the uh, the collapse of well, civilization to, to be fair that quite a lot of things have have run out um durable no, yeah. the things that are going to run out are going to okay. be sort of durable and relatively well. In theory, if 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 we're talking about rational rational panic buying, they should be durable. They should be things that are relatively bulky, paradoxically, because they're most likely to be disrupted. Uh, the supply chains, things that are easy to transport and small, you know, mm. things that have a high calorie density, for example, foods that have a high calorie density should should be less less um, disrupted. But I think uh, with toilet, well, you know, there have been toilet roll panics in the past. Do you know about the okay. great toilet roll panic of 1973? I did not know. It, which tore through the US uh after the oil the oil crisis hmm. so this was the when opec sort of massively restricted oil um uh production is there, and is there a toilet roll producing cartel out there there should be one wonders of nations that get together to... one wonders but the uh johnny carson made the mistake of making a joke about it he he, he um he just made an offhand joke about people panic buying toilet roll um, because he'd seen he'd seen some story about it in the press, and uh, and this precipitated a nationwide toilet roll uh, panic, um, and again very roll. similar situation in that there really wasn't any threat to to the mm. uh, to the actual supply chains, but it was a self fulfilling uh, yeah, toilet yeah. roll panic. Well, here's the thing, and sorry, I, I know I keep interrupting you, Nick. No, 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 it's good. I'm really hung up on this though. Yeah, I know you're going to talk about other things there, but the other thing is. Because this relates to herd mentality and market sentimentality, uh, markets, uh, what's the word I want to use? Market sentiment. Um, because I look at all these people in, in, in news clips on TV and the social media, I go, my God, there's a lot of stupid people around, a lot of thick people. But actually, am I the stupid one? Should I be out there just cramming my, you know, knocking over old grannies and just grabbing whatever toilet roll I can? Well, am I the stupid one? No, well, listen, because nobody is a panic buyer. 
Mm. Other people are panic buyers. Yeah. Everyone else is just yeah. stocking up sensibly. And mm. and it's all the other people who are panic buying. So I I think I I think we're in one of those. It, it just I mean it's very very common, you know, kind of a- attribution error. Everyone is seeing everyone else as as panic buyers, but their own behaviour, um, it completely rational. We're just you know buying, but just buying um, you know more than we need, just in case we get stuck indoors for two weeks. But you know? but, but 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 the point the point of the matter is, if if it were the end of the world, obviously you wouldn't you wouldn't be buying toilet paper because you'd you'd be dead the world would end so you wouldn't you wouldn't need uh toilet paper and and some people have taken you know that kind of thing um uh, literally you know there are lots of millenarian cults who who act on things there's a there's a case of the um the argentinian goalkeeper carlos uh roa who um who you might remember from uh, saving penalties in uh, against England in 1998, but um, in the year 2000 he he refused to um, consider renewing his his uh, contract with Real Mallorca because uh, he believed the world was going to end in um, <laughs> at the millennium. So you know that that's actually you know the the if if you if you genuinely believe um, things are going to end, then it um, it. It makes no sense to plan for the future, of course. Well, that's a bit weird, that one. So I'm, I'm now hung up on that. Why didn't he just sign the contract anyway? And if it all went, yeah, if it all I, went, it's up, then I think he sort of felt he might have been tempting fate in some way. I don't, right. I don't know what was gotcha. going on in, in in his in his mind, but 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 yes, I mean, I think this i this idea, you know, of 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 kind of looking for for portents and feeling we can influence what's uh what's going on is 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 quite quite an interesting one because if you look at all of the um the kind of stories of of the apocalypse they all have these um you know this sort of sign watching element for them and Mm. and and that's got into popular culture and you know we 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 get it ourselves i mean you talked about the black death Mm. and you know around that time in in um the middle ages there was a um uh, a widely sort of circulating uh, kind of body of knowledge called the the fifteen signs before doom, doomsday that were you know um, like uh, um, millenarian uh, uh, kind of Christian theology was was massive around then because the world obviously was ending for forty percent of uh, of the population. So well, hang yes, on, they had... don't, yeah, go, don't go, spill the beans. What are they? Uh, well, well no, number number one. Right, toilet this, roll. This, this sounds pretty Stopping good. Up. Yeah, exactly. Toilet roll stocks dropping, and <laughs> and you can't get any dried pasta. Um, no, it's um, this one does sound quite quite good. I quite like this one, uh, which is that the waters rise above mountains. Right, so that sounds pretty mm. pretty prophetic. Right, until mm. you hear number two and three, which is uh, that the waters then um, go uh, sink so low that you cannot see them. Wait, uh, hold up. At- wait, wait. So first we've got we've got water levels rising. We, we know yes. That. We have oh. seas like the Aral Sea, which are drying up. Yes. You're starting right. to freak me out, Nick. Here, but go right. on. Right. Then, yeah. right, here's, here's a really freaky bit. They return to normal levels. So they go up <laughs> and down. So, so they were like kind the of hedging, their, of hedging their bets. At, 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 so they go down point. and then they go up and then they go back to where they no, were. No, they go up, they, then they go, they go down, up, and they down, go back down, to the middle. Right. Scary, and, then, and then a bunch of sea, uh, sea creatures come to the surface and start bellowing uh, crazily and some other weird stuff happens. But um, yeah, number fifteen is the one that you've got to worry about, which is uh, where all men die and the earth burns. So um, at that point, we're we're 
we're in we're I'm, in trouble. I've just I've just got it up on the internet here, and the one I'm looking forward to is number nine. The Stones fight each other. Yeah, I would yeah. love to see what that looks like. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be um, a, a rocky time. Um, but I think so. <laughs> no, this is the reason that I think this is interesting. The progression here. And this issue about time scale, which, as we know, is important. Like, it's not the end of the world. It's, it's how long it's going to take. Is uh, is that in you know, if you look at the sort of game theory of it, a lot of what keeps society functioning is that we're playing, uh, and what what keeps us trusting each other, and um, you know, not not worrying about being murdered every time we get to the shops, for example, is the fact that we're playing repeated games. So you know, we're in prisoner's dilemma language. We're playing a kind of repeated prisoner's dilemma game. The reason that we don't just you know go and steal from the shop is that we think that you know, uh, well, our life will be worse off as a result. That the shopkeeper is going to punish us through the proxies of the police. Um, all of that depends on this repetition. It depends on you sort of being playing the same game over and over again with the same players. Now, in in the sort of game theory solution for that repeated prisoner's dilemma game, if you know it is going to end, be it ever so far away, then that 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 cooperative solution unravels, right? If you know when the last game is going to be. You know that on the last game, you've got no incentive to be nice, so you both defect. Now, the problem is that then means on the game before, you have no incentive to be nice because you know you're going to defect the next time. So you're going to defect that time. And the whole thing unravels from the back, from the from the sort of last game backwards. Um, and, and I think that's you can really see that as something that that, you know, that is how society falls apart when there is when there is an end in sight. You know, if we say well, it's going to end on Tuesday, you know, you know that money is going to be worthless uh laws are not going to be enforced um you know the police are not going to bother doing their jobs um you know people aren't going to bother to be faithful to their spouses if they don't if they if they don't immediately want to be you know all of these institutions that depend on trust and repetition rationally fall apart when you mm. when you put an end date on on and you see that in history you know when you look at um uh, the the uh, us led invasion of iraq in 2003 you know as they were sat there sort of um you know all of these um kind of people waiting to go in in, in the new sort of uh, us led administration to to um you know the provisional authority and so on uh they could see all the all the ministry buildings being looted and set set fire to and all all their plans effectively going up literally in uh in smoke um so you do see that you know when when a society unravels that's exactly what what happens nobody has any trust in any of the its institutions yeah i guess framing it another way usually we've all got something to if, if you live within the sort of the correct by the rules you've you've got something to lose right um but suddenly we've all got nothing to lose we're sort of everyone suddenly pushed to the edge of society because there is no society anymore um okay so where are we with this we're sort of close we're sort of you know moving towards uh, wanting to wrap up there's a couple of there's a question i want to ask but is there anything we want to round this off with um well no i was just going to say I, th I think one of the um interesting things is 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 how um how much uh you know these kinds of um apocalyptic visions uh they're just so durable you know that they you've had them in every kind of major religion has some uh, you know some um apocalyptic story mm. and we now got them totally ingrained you know all, the whole genre of dystopian fiction and so on um all all kind of uh fits in but there are these kind of common common themes uh, uh, among them and i think you know um 
that probably tells us something about our own um our own psychology you know like like there's very often a small number of survivors so it's not actually the end of the world you know there are there are uh you know ragnarok for example has two human survivors going on to populate the rest of the uh the earth if you look at the noah flood story and all of those kinds of and most apocalyptic visions we still can't totally write the world off we all there always has to be you know somebody pulling through and then and there's this cleansing element to it as well there's almost this mm. this sort of sense of well you know the people you know the 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 amorality of society kind of caused it and we got rid of that and then you know everything is pure after after that point classic yeah Um, yeah, like the noah yeah i'm I'm sorry nick i'm just slightly worried that if it's just us three left um at the end of it all and we're gonna have to repopulate the earth i'm just not sure how i feel about that but you can be um, lucky pierre (laughs) the Um, uh yeah, on TV tropes has quite a good um, sort of t- scale of of uh, for a sort of six point point scale of how bad your apocalypse is, right. and it goes from societal disruption, right, which is sort of basically you kind of regress. That's I guess that's the dark ages. So we've experienced that as a species, um, or the you know the the uh, yeah. So every time there's a kind of decline of empire, you know, which you see uh, periodically over time. So that's mm. <clears throat> you can imagine that that's something that you know people have always worried about as well um you know of, of uh, it might be that you know our sort of folk memories uh you know have 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 this sense of well nothing is permanent you know and, and which is why we like those sorts of stories but then we have then we have um you know a kind of serious societal collapse where we sort of backslide to um you know kind of pre-industrial uh, levels you know where yeah. it's sort of and i think something like threads it's a good example of that where, you know, it sort of shows after the nuclear war, people are just subsistence farming and the crops are failing and, you know, the back to that that kind of life. Then you have species extinction. extinction. So, of course, that's humans getting wiped out. Um, total extinction. Life itself ends. And I think there's there's a thought that in probably in the road, that's what mm. that's what is happening. Physical annihilation, that's a total destruction of the Earth. Like it just gets blown up by, a, by an asteroid or something. And then finally, the worst kind, probably not something we need to worry about, but metaphysical annihilation, where the, the whole area, the Earth ceases to ever have existed. Good um, erased from time. What's that been in? What's, what's I mean... I suspect it's been in Doctor Who and things like that. But, yeah, Gallifrey. Um, but it, also, um... it, it was something that the uh, didn't... The, wasn't there a special punishment that people like the Romans had where they would erase your name from any statues and any records? You know, all memory of you would be wiped out. Yeah, I'm so, not sure so if that was the Romans. Kind of that was someone, well, there's certainly an Egyptian pharaoh who was um, erased from uh, um, history. Yeah, I can't remember who that was. Um, <laughs> but look. Um, <laughs> How do we know that, though? They didn't do a good yeah, enough exactly. Yeah, they didn't. Okay, so let's wrap this up. That, that, that sort of brings us nicely to where I want to get to, which is, is there an apocalyptic vision um, that you actually quite like the sound of um, for, for whatever reason? Um, Chris? Well, I, I think my, my sort of feeling is um, I like people who um, are specific, you know, so I, I, the, the sort of vague, you know, there'll be some signs and so on. So there, there was a chap, uh, William Miller, uh, in the US in, in the sort of 19th century, who who um, established a very popular 
uh, Millerite sect. And um, mm. he, he talked about, um, he specifically said on the 22nd of October, 1844, the mm. world would end. And, and as it got closer to this, this date, more and more people joined this, uh, this sect and, and um, you know, listened to his pronouncements and, uh, and so on. And um, then they refer to, obviously, we now know. That yeah, did the world right. end or not? Yeah. No, no, right. Yeah, so, okay. But they refer to the 23rd of October, uh, 1844, as the great disappointment. And and I just think that's amazing that people had this, you know, this psychology of, of disappointment when the world didn't unravel at, at, at that point. And I think that says it, says it all, really, that we, you know, in one way, we do want it all to come to an end. Blimey, that's dark. Mm. Yeah, now I feel, yeah. Uh, Nick, cheer me up. Uh, not sure I can. With your apocalyptic uh, vision. I, I, did <laughs> your preferred I would recommend, vision. there's a very good, someone had done a, someone's done a, a YouTube video called Time, Time Lapse of the Future. Mm. And uh, it covers the, uh, the future of the universe. And certainly, one thing I didn't realize. I think I think the so it's half an hour long. This this video is very watchable. the universe. Um, the it collapse it, it does it logarithmically accelerates. So it, it starts by doing you know a kind of year a second, and then it's ten years a second, and it's hundred mm. years a second, and mm. kind of you get up to um, you're going a million years a second, and then to, uh, and the thing I didn't really appreciate is that well the the end of the Earth is in the first couple of minutes or something, oh. and then we have this very long period of the universe just slowing down and slowing down, but things are still happening. That's the thing that uh, amazes, amazed me is that the, the, we're, we're right at the beginning of the universe. Mm. And, and, you know, in the future we, when there'll be a point where it's all black holes and then the black holes will disappear. And then there'll be a point where there's kind of bits of energy here and there. There'll be a bit where there's neutron stars, you know, there's lots of different periods where, where sort of the universe looks like something completely different to what we have now. Um, I, you know, I'm I'm intrigued by that. I mean, time travel is always a thousand years ahead at the most. You know, it's kind of what is what's it going to be like in a billion billions. years' time? Yeah, yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I in a way, I think I think you know, let's in the most optimistic visions for for humanity, we find a way to colonize the stars and persist for a, a million or a billion years. Um, but at some point it is going to end. What will that be like? I, I, you know, I just would love to know the answer. And Nick, you did your job. Now I feel suitably uplifted after um, Chris's or bleak um, um, outlook, um, which I can't even remember what that was about now. So that's so yeah, you definitely did the job. I feel I can feel the rapture uh, coming on. Um, okay, um, we're going to wrap up there. Um, thank you, as always, for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrewer. We've been here with Nick Hare and Chris Ragg of Aleph Insights. Until next time, goodbye. Mm-hmm.